Hey everybody, welcome to the Between the Keys podcast, where I share amazing life lessons, funny and inspirational stories, and help you engage in holistic living. Hey, hey my friends, welcome back to Between the Keys. This is episode four, and I decided I want to do something a little bit different, and so instead of talking about a specific principle that I've learned. I just want to share several stories from my life that have taught me some important lessons that I've valued since I've learned them. And I just wanted a little bit of a change of pace, something just a little bit more entertaining. And I hope that you'll enjoy these as much as I enjoy looking back on them because in the moment, some of them were not as fun. So I want to begin with this story, I'm sorry, I have to begin it a certain way. So there I was. (laughs) So this first story, I was blindfolded. I had, I I was blindfolded in a group of about 13 people. And I I was holding to the hand of one of them on my right side and one of them on my left side. And we were walking upstream in a canyon in St. George, and none of us was saying a word. So it sounds super strange, but what was going on was I was at a leadership camp that was uh, provided by my online high school that I went to. It's called Elevation, and it's one of the most incredible experiences of my life. So this was the third out of four times that I went to Elevation. And we were doing a simulation, and the simulation was that a bus, it's it's a little bit ridiculous, a bus had crashed in the canyon and exploded and had set the canyon on fire. So in the simulation, we were walking upstream because that was the safest way for us to get out of the canyon, otherwise we might be walking through the fire. But there were certain handicaps that were given to each of us at different times of the simulation. So the thing was, we had about 10 minutes to get about 500 feet upstream. We weren't allowed to talk to each other because that would be, it would signify breathing in smoke or something like that. The point was to make it difficult for us to communicate, otherwise the simulation would have been a lot easier, but we weren't allowed to talk to each other. And The reason I was blindfolded was because in the simulation, a tree had fallen, a tree branch had fallen and had hit me in the face. And like, it it didn't literally happen, but there were people who were with my group who were managing the simulation. And so maybe they could tell, like I was one of the older people, maybe they could tell like, okay, she's gonna make this easy for them. We need to make her even more disabled. So they blindfolded me so I couldn't see where I was going. And I couldn't speak. The thing was, I wasn't blindfolded from the start. At the beginning of the simulation, someone else was blindfolded. And because the tree branch had fallen into their eyes or whatever. But then, in the simulation, they had recovered enough so that they could see. And they told them to put the blindfold on me. And up until that point, I'd only had um, sympathy for this person who not only couldn't talk, couldn't see where they were going. And so... I I just only had sympathy, but then when I had the blindfold put on me, it immediately changed to empathy. And the the difference between sympathy and empathy is sympathy is more like a pity situation where I feel bad for you, I feel sorry for you, 
but I can't necessarily relate to you. But I, I feel for you to the degree that I'm able. But empathy is, it's the same as sympathy, except you relate to it through personal experience. And you guys, it was terrifying. Because that stream was extremely rocky. And I was, I was trying to balance myself on these other two people who I was holding hands with. But I was falling and we had to keep going because we were running out of time. And falling into the river, scraping myself up, it was just emotionally exhausting. On top of that, I'd already been on, oh no, actually this was my fourth time I'd gone to this camp. I'd already been on a series of short hikes earlier in the day and technically wasn't even supposed to be doing the simulation, but I, we got back in time for it. But I didn't know that. So I'm physically and emotionally exhausted, cannot see where I'm going, and I'm being jostled up this freezing cold stream. It was a very cold week that week. Lots of rain, lots of clouds. But then, a little bit later, the blindfold was taken off me and put on someone else. And then one of the guys in our group was told, I don't even know entirely sure like what, what happened, but they were like, you're disabled, you can't walk anymore. And so he just lay down in the stream or whatever he's like like you can't stand you can't walk anymore and you guys have three more minutes to get halfway up the stream we had spent so much time getting through that first part and we had a choice to make we could leave him behind and save the rest of our group he would die or we try to take him with us and risk the lives of the entire group and all of us were just looking at each other. We couldn't discuss it. We had no idea what to do. And then something happened inside of me where I could not live with myself if I let this boy stay in the canyon to die, even if it was in a simulation. So I went and I picked up one of his legs and I frantically gestured for everyone else to lift somewhere and they all just kind of stared at me for me like what are you doing but we couldn't say anything so I was just like over here and I start to haul this guy by myself this guy was bigger than me by the way he he was one of the older guys too he wasn't like a little freshman he was like senior junior in high school so we were we it was incredible guys we hauled him halfway up that stream in less than three minutes and I think the people managing the simulation were a little bit scared that we were going to hurt him because we just had to book it. But it was just incredible what the influence of one person can do. And I'm not trying to say, look at me, I'm super great, I'm a fantastic leader. Because honestly, it wasn't necessarily a, a decision that I made in the moment. It was just something that rose up inside of me, one of my core values that emerged that said, every human life is valuable and we are not leaving him here to die. And we made it all the way up the stream and up the ladder with literally, like we had to climb up the ladder to get out of the little canyon area. We had literally no seconds left to spare. We all got up there at the last second. That was one of the most emotionally exhausting experiences of my life. And we had a little bit of a debrief afterwards. And I just, I shared the sentiments that I've just shared with you, that every single human life is worth saving and I wouldn't have been able to live with myself if I let him die. So even though it was just a simulation, there was no fire, there was nothing falling, and 
no, no, no catastrophe that was going on. It was real to me. And I'm just so happy with myself that I made the right choice. And some people might argue that it was stupid, and I'd agree. Yeah, it was. We risked the lives of 13 other people to save his one life. But it's just, there's so many lessons I think you can learn for this. One, the value of human life. And two, the amazing power that people have when they catch the motivation, when they work together, they catch the vision. We accomplished so much more after we caught that vision than we had in the whole first part of the simulation. So it's probably recorded so many podcasts about just those lessons alone, but I hope that that story stays with you and does something for you. Okay, I'm hoping the All right, so the next two stories I want to share happened about a year and a half ago. I had just graduated high school and was about to graduate from the Young Women's Program in my church. And we did something that not not everyone does in their Young Women's Programs, but we did a high adventure camp. And what we did for that was we went to Moab, which was, I don't know, about six hours away from um, Gilbert Mesa area. We went to Moab, Utah and did a three-day whitewater expedition. And it was one of the most incredible, rewarding experiences of my life. I think it was there that I really realized how influential nature is to bring peace. Because some of the times of my life where I had never been more happy and more content and more peaceful were on that trip, just looking up into the night sky when I hadn't been on my phone for three days I hadn't showered in three days. I'd washed my hair, I'd been in the water, you know, it was fine. But just, I'd left everything in the world, all of my worldly concerns, everything like going to college soon and what I was gonna do over the summer. I'd left it all behind and just looking into the sky and seeing just the entire Milky Way lit up against the backdrop of the Moab Mountains was incredible and brought me so much peace. The two stories that I want to share from this, they've been very influential in my life. The first one happened on day two, I think, of the trip. So my best friend was on this trip with me. And we were, it was a really big group. And our entire um, young women's group was just on one raft. And they had, a, I don't know, maybe 10 other rafts in the expedition. But our young women's group was all on one raft. And we had a river guide whose name is Roger, and he was showing us this cool trust exercise where so everyone had an oar, and the oar had a very short handle. And so the thing that he described was two people would stand, one on either side of the raft, um, but the longer end so that like you're close together than so like the sides of the raft, not the ends of the raft. And you'd hook your oars together. And it's, it, they barely hook together because these handles are so short. But then you'd lean back and it's like a trust exercise. So if either one of you pulls your oar out or whatever, then you fall in the water and it's fine. So my friend was like, no, we should do this, Caitlin. And I was like, I don't know. I don't really, because I had a, an irrational fear of deep water that I could not see the bottom of. And that was definitely that river where, you know, it was not as deep in some places and others, but I just have irrational fears of um, relatively large sea creatures coming up and biting my legs off and it's fine. 
but I just didn't really feel like doing it. I had this irrational fear of water. But she just kept pushing me until finally I was like, okay, we'll do this chest exercise. So we both climb up on the sides of the raft, and I'm, I'm getting ready to do this. She takes her oar and pushes me into the water. Like, there was no trust exercise. She just pushed me in. And I was honestly extremely hurt by that. Because when I choose to trust someone, I fully expect that they will honor that trust. But I understand now that from her perspective, like, she, just, she didn't understand that that's what that meant to me. So I honestly just couldn't talk to her for the next 20 minutes or so. And I think that earlier in our friendship, I might have used that a little bit manipulatively where I would give her the silent treatment until she apologized. And she might have taken it that way this time. But honestly, it's just I knew that if I were to talk to her, it would be so apparent that I was extremely hurt and it would come across as even more hurtful towards her. So I just had to not say anything there's probably an element of stubbornness there too but I didn't say anything for 20 minutes and then like Nephi frankly forgiving his brothers I frankly forgave her and we were able to move past that and I think that that was just the beginning of many instances in my life where I've had to forgive people even when I didn't necessarily feel that forgiveness and love for them come back right away but it was a small thing but it was a good exercise for me that even if I, even if our friendship didn't go back to the exact amount of trust that it had been at before, I still had a responsibility to forgive because I could not control the actions that she took. I couldn't make her not push me in, but I could control how I responded to that situation. And so I chose to do that and I'm very grateful that I did. So the last story I want to share with you happened the very next day, actually. So there I was, there we were in the very last stretch of our raft, rafting trip. And throughout the trip, people had just jumped into the water and gone swimming around and everything. And it was totally fun. They just didn't seem to have this irrational fear of deep water that I had. And they just swim around, be on their backs, and I'm waiting for a gray white shark to come and eat them alive. Not really, but it's just, I feel extremely exposed in the water, and I just couldn't understand how they didn't feel that way. And I really wanted to have that experience of just being so relaxed in the river and not even worrying about these completely irrational fears that absolutely would never happen. So another thing, another reason why I didn't want to get in the water was because I had my little day pack of snacks and water and sunscreen and stuff. And I didn't want to put it in the bottom of the raft because quite frankly, the bottom of the raft was disgusting. And it was because there were so much dirt in the bottom of that raft. I don't even understand how much dirt and sand could get in the raft. But then it was, there was also water in it and it was just this big, yucky, gross mess. And I, I saw everyone else just throwing their stuff in there and they'd get all their stuff just covered in dirt. And honestly, I'm still a little bit of a materialistic person. I'm a lot better now. I, but then I was, I was pretty bad. I, I, had, I, I would get make sure that the stuff that I got was exactly what I wanted. Like for a birthday, for Christmas, I've always very been, been very particular about... I want this exact version of the thing and I want to keep it nice for a very long time. So I took very good care of my stuff, but it kind of came at the expense of me being way too focused on my stuff. And so we have about an hour left of this expedition and I'm thinking about all this. I'm thinking about how 
I want to just be able to jump into the water before this is over. And I also am so tired of being so obsessed with my stuff, which I know only lasts until it wears out or I die. I'm not going to have those things in the next life. And I was so sick of being so obsessed with them. So I finally just made a decision. I, I was next to the river guide and I just turned to the river guide. I'm like, well, you hold my stuff. And no, actually I didn't say that. I hooked my stuff onto the same thing that his stuff was hooked on because he was keeping his stuff nice. And I'm like, I'm going to do that. So I put my stuff with his stuff and then I turned to him and I said, if I jump in the water, will you pull me back into the raft? And he's like, sure. So without saying anything, without letting myself think about it anymore, I climbed on the side of the raft and I just jumped into the water. And then when I came back up, everyone in the raft was just cheering for me because I told them, we had a testimony meeting and I told them about the experience with deep water and being pushed in and forgiving my friend and whatever. And they were just so happy for me that I had chosen to live with courage rather than being ruled by my fears. And that was, again, just a short example of a lesson that was the beginning of me implementing that lesson in many more instances throughout my life. And I can't think of them off the top of my head, but I do know that it just it comes down to if you've make if you've made that choice in the past, it's a lot easier to make it in the future. So because I'd made that choice to not be ruled by fear, as I've had opportunities in the future to do things that I'm afraid of, like talk to strangers or perform in guest master classes with fantastic pianists who I'm afraid will judge me. I've just been able to put my fears to rest and act with courage. And on the other side of the story, I've also been able to be a lot less focused on my material possessions. I've become a lot better at giving stuff away that I that I enjoy but don't necessarily need and giving gifts to people and being okay if something that I have gets dirty because I was choosing to live fully rather than be restricted by will this hurt some material thing that I own. So those two lessons have really done a lot to shape the person I am today. And I'm so glad that I've had these experiences that I've shared with you today because they've taught me so much because I chose to act rather than act upon. So there's so many things that I'm trying to say. I just, I turn on the podcast and I start talking. So I hope I'll get better at this over time. But I wanted to share stories with you today because I feel like stories are the best way to share principles. So I hope that something that I've said today has inspired you to make a change or has shown you how a change that you made in the past has improved your quality of your life today. I think that'll be everything for now. Please send me feedback on what I could do better with this podcast or something that you appreciated, something that you even disagreed with, because I would really love to have a conversation about these things. Because my purpose with this is honestly just to share what I've learned because I feel so blessed to have had the experiences that I've had. And I feel like I can't hold on to it and just keep it all to myself any longer. I have to start sharing these things with people, even if it's not in the most professional or polished way, which these podcasts are definitely not. So I'd love to hear your feedback. I hope that you see the hand of God in your life today and that you make the choice to be happy and influence others for good. Love you guys. Talk to you later.